Hey there, and welcome back to Finding Your Way. This is Lucas Catton, and I apologize for anyone who is a regular listener who has missed the last few weeks. The uncertainty and scheduling difficulties that we have all faced, uh, I have had to prioritize some of some of my work and time, and and uh, I've been working on some pretty amazing things actually that I'm excited to share in the in the coming weeks. But you know, nonetheless, I I feel moved to say something about our current state in addition to the last one we talked about, you know, how can we adjust some things financially to make it through this crisis? And part of that comes down with this and, and, and the, the purpose of today's episode is what I'm calling the dichotomies of COVID-19 and that there are so many things that are happening that are seemingly contradictory to each other, yet are coexisting within the same space to, for example, one, one begets the other. Um, and, and sometimes they can, one can be true until it's not and the other becomes true. Or uh, we don't realize the, the gift that we're receiving until we've gone through what has been taken away from us. And so there's, there's lots of these different things. And I'll go over some of these examples that, that I personally experienced and things that I've seen with other people. And, you know, I don't want to get into the political side of things because I, I just don't, there's, there's too much emerging, constantly emerging information, um, things that are being found out that are new or things that may have been previously undisclosed or differing views and research and counts and percentages and all these different things that are happening. One of the things that I just shared on my on my personal Facebook page was, you know, I had been attacked for a, uh, attacked as a as a strong word. You know, there's people who are adamantly against reopening parts of the economy for fear, and that is understandable, especially because there are some people in different areas of the country who have experienced things much worse than others. And depending on what their job is, or depending on if they've lost a loved one, or depending on if they've been sick themselves, or all these different things, everybody's experience is different going through this. So this is not a universal thing that I'm talking about. This is about trying to do the best we can with the information that we have, knowing that we're all trying to preserve life, that we're all trying to get through this the best that we can, the best that we know how. And something that really set me off today, I actually saw it, I think yesterday initially, and then did some more digging into it today and, and found some, some very credible sources talking about the, the mortality rate tied to unemployment. And that a generally accepted figure is that there are 37,000 fatalities for every 1% that unemployment rises. We are now at 30 plus million people who have filed for unemployment just in the last few weeks. The unemployment rate is expected to rise to more than 10%, up to as high as potentially 16% as estimated by the U.S. Budget and Accounting Office. So if you did some very simple math there, and if we jump from a 4% unemployment rate or 3%, I think it was, I think it was down below 3% at one point. Let's say if it's uh, f- even 4% from, from March, I think up to 14% by the end of the summer, that is 
hundreds of thousands of lives lost due to unemployment. Thankfully, the mortality rate of the virus is not as bad as it was predicted. We are blessed for that, thankfully, and that includes Admittedly, people have been inflating. There have been many reports from doctors, from politicians, even from, let's say, Dr. Burks herself on the on uh, one of the the national briefings and, and some interviews she's done, where the death count is elevated due to people who have died from other things who happen to also test positive for coronavirus or COVID nineteen. So, with these elevated counts. And with the massive unemployment rate that is going on, and, and, and my point is this, we don't have to continue to make a terrible situation worse, a bad situation much, much worse by continuing to keep people locked down in most parts of the country and for most people. Yes, there may be people who are immunocompromised who need additional sheltering in place or their additional precautions and things like that. I'm not denying that. I'm not trying to belittle or take away anything from, from the loss of life that has already occurred and that will continue to occur. But the virus itself cannot be contained. That is admitted by all. So the longer that we continue to shelter in place, the longer we are simply delaying the inevitable of everyone at some point being exposed to this it has to happen. We all have to be exposed to it. And we all have our basic immunity intact or we don't. We're going to get a wide range of symptoms. And, and that simply cannot be prevented. So that is going to happen however it happens. Whether we go out and go shopping or eat at a restaurant or stay in our home and have groceries delivered to us and wipe every item down with sanitizing cloths before we open it. I've done both. Well, I'm sorry, I haven't gone to a restaurant. I'm going through drive-thru and picked up some food. But beyond all that and beyond my, my own ranting regarding that, I, you know, we can save more lives by letting people go back to work and getting things going again than we can by forcing them to stay in place. I believe there's enough evidence, enough, enough statistical evidence at this point that has been gathered over the past 90 days to show that this is what's going to happen. The longer we keep things shut down, we're going to lose more people. We're going to lose more lives and much more devastation, not just the cost of life, but much more devastation on top of that. There's also people who aren't unemployed, but are making much less money. There's people who are, who are developing other sorts of uh, difficulties, social and mental problems because they have not been able to see their loved ones. I haven't been able to see my daughter for months now because of travel restrictions. You know, that's one small thing. Grandparents have who haven't been able to see their grandkids, you know, and, and they're missing it. Kids who haven't been able to see their friends. Uh, you know, there's so many different things out there of, of the, the negative impact socially and spiritually and beyond of isolation that we have to move past this. However, even despite all that, the point of this particular episode, when I said the dichotomies of COVID-19, is that there are things that, that we have been forced to look at 
that I'm actually very grateful for. You know, there were times where I was extremely frustrated and still am. And I, and you know, I consider ourselves one of the more fortunate ones. And yet we've, we've as a family have been hit pretty heavily, uh, in many different ways. So we're not by any means, uh, you know, insulated from the loss regarding this, not by, not, not at all. And, and the effects that we're, that, that we are experiencing are going to continue for months, even if everything was open wide up tomorrow, we still wouldn't get back, you know, the, the things that we have had to lose or adjust to. That being said, we've also learned a lot from it. And I'm thankful for this opportunity, this experience, because some people have also caused us the great pause or the great awakening or, you know, a, an opportunity to, to dig deeper. And whether that's looking at, you know, blindly following information that's fed to us on 24 hour news media channels versus looking at some potentially opposing information that's showing up in other areas that is also well researched and documented. Um, and, and being able to choose for ourselves where that information comes from or, or thinking that, you know, the government may have it in our best interest to force us to stay home, uh, but yet uh, directs, you know, some of the stimulus money only to certain people or companies uh, as if 1200 bucks or another round of $1,000 or anything like that for, for the people who even qualify uh, to be able to get their money as if that's enough to somehow replace the restrictions that are in place. And I'm not anti-government. These people are, they're trying to do the best they can with the information that they have also been given. We are all trying to do that. And those of us who are, who are extremely afraid and those of us who are extremely frustrated and pointing fingers back and forth, that's not going to solve anything. So I'm not pointing fingers at people who have believed wholeheartedly one thing or another. I'm not, and I'm not, what I am saying is that for everyone to simply follow one set of directions without realizing that it may not be applicable to all and that we should look at other sources of information and compare that for ourselves. And I'm simply sharing what I have come up with based on the information that I've looked at, not regarding where, where the coronavirus came from or how it came from or uh, any of that stuff. I, I, I'm not even going to approach that because I, that doesn't matter pertaining to the topic of this particular episode. So we've learned that we can't immediately go into panic over some, some broadcasts like 2 million people in the U S are going to die. You know, that those were numbers. These were models that people were showing that, Oh my gosh, 2 million people are going to die. Thank God that wasn't the case. Thank God that wasn't the case. And it's not going to be the case. However, the knee-jerk reaction, the panic, the fear, the, the devastation that was caused as a result of those communications and believing those models has been devastating to many people. So we've learned, hopefully, that, that we can't always take everything on face value that our, that our government or the news media tells us, either one. You know, and depending on, on different political views, some people are opposed to, to one or the other. Some people are opposed to both. Some people love both. I, I'm honestly, I, I think I'm fairly neutral in that other than just please take a look at some other information because if you're only looking for information that is trying to support your opinion, then that's all you're going to find. And I know my wife and I talk about this sometimes and, and she's, she's right because there are, there are definitely times where I do that. I only 
find information that supports the idea that I have. And she goes, yeah, but you got to look at some other things. And she's right. And so I've tried not to do this here. And over the last several weeks and a couple months or more that, that I have been trying to review information and trying to look at things and trying to go, what, what seems to make sense for, for as many people as possible and especially for our family. So what I've tried to do is that is to, is to look at information from lots of different sources and what's happening and spot, spot things that don't make sense, spot things that are unexplainable, spot anomalies within the, the statements of being fact as that, wait, it may not apply to all. So why is this not true for them over here, but it is for these people over there, that kind of thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that initially may have been thankful for the break that they have received. Um, and then it went on too long and now they're very thankful for hopefully getting back to work soon. You know, there's, there, there's a double side there or people who were tired of their jobs, who now wish that's all they could do was go back to work today because their family doesn't have money or they're trying to draw on employment, but it's delayed and they're not sure we're going to eat. And the, and the little, the little stimulus check is not enough to help them and they can't buy, you know, some of the food they need and, and that kind of thing. And so there's, there's a thing there where all of a sudden now people are hopefully much more grateful for the jobs that they have and the income that they earn from those jobs. I know, I know I am. Another thing is this, this being forced into social distancing. On one hand, it, it allowed families to initially spend some more time together and hopefully get to know each other more or find some more things out or experience some things together. That was, you know, sometimes kind of cool. Sometimes it wasn't depending on your family. And at the same time, highlight the need for greater connection in community and in your extended family circles, you know, this type of connection is, is needed. It, it really is. It's not, we can't survive in isolation. People will go mad. People will become depressed. People will develop neuroses, like all these things. Um, and I get it. I'm not a doctor or a psychologist or psychiatrist, so I'm, I'm not trying to claim that. However, you can look up some of this information yourself. It's plainly available there. So that, that same action forced two different things. It, it, it was beneficial at first. And then we go, wow, we really need, we really need that connection in our lives. We can't go on again. I don't care if I get sick. I've heard people tell me, I don't even care if I wind up dying. I can't keep living like this. If I'm going to die in isolation and not get to see my loved ones, then that's not living. That's a powerful statement. I'm not claiming that one is better than the other. I'm saying that these are some of the realizations that people are having about themselves and about their lives. You know, another thing is uh, working from home. <clears throat> it's extremely difficult when you have kids to also work from home. If you're lucky enough to still have a job. 
you know, the companies are trying to scramble to keep employees working and how can they keep them productive at home? And the opposite or the, the good side or upside to much of that is that they've found that, you know what, more people can work from home. So if schools were in or if things, you know, things were happening and you can be a valuable employee, you can be productive and not have to physically be in the office, depending on your job, obviously. But that is, that's something that can be a cost savings for both people in their commute and for companies as a whole in terms of the you know the amount of square footage that they need to be able to conduct their business to all these different things being forced to do things online uh, has been helpful in a lot of ways but it's also been hurtful because it's removed some some of that connection factor and it's been difficult having trying to do so while also juggling other things There's, um, you know, if, if you've been to a grocery store, obviously there's been a shortage of toilet paper. That's been a joke, you know, plenty of memes going around, but you know what? Now the food supply chain is, uh, or the, the food supply is disrupted the supply chain. So there's lots of food that is, that is going up in price and that is not available. It simply can't initially it was people, you know, trying to hoard items and, and now they're just simply not there. They're there. They're, if you, if you eat meat, the, the meat supply is rapidly running short in a lot of areas. So that's a very real thing. So all of a sudden now I've become much more aware and appreciative of being able to purchase the food that you want to eat. If you have the money to do so and want to purchase that now, just the access, just the availability, all of a sudden I'm now appreciative of it. You can't just, yeah, I'm going to swing by the grocery store today and pick up some. It's I might swing by the grocery store today and hopefully they have something in stock if I'm lucky when the truck comes, if I'm not, you know, like that kind of thing. So all of a sudden now I've been much more appreciative of being able to do that. But the shortage of funds in different areas and the difficulties and strain and stress has also forced a lot of people like us to, to take a look at spending. What are some of the things we've been spending on? That's what I covered in the last episode is how are, you know, here are eight ways to be able to save some money and to, to kind of get through this financial crisis as well. And the way we spend money is interesting. All of a sudden now we are going, wow, we really bought a lot of things we didn't need. Purely out of what, you know, uh, uh, some of it was convenience. Some of it was just waste. Some of it was, uh, because, because we had the money and didn't think that, you know, didn't think money would ever be an issue or, you know, whatever those things are, because we always thought we always took for granted that those things would be there and we could get them whenever, or just plop in and grab one or if it breaks, get a new one, that whole consumerist society, that consumerism that has been driving, that has been difficult. Now there's parts of the economy that obviously survive and, and are, and are necessary on that. But at the same time, we can become smarter and companies can adjust their stuff and we can they can still make money and have jobs and not force people to buy a new thousand dollar phone every year. You know, uh, why, why do they run out on purpose or not force people to, you know, buy a, a gazillion toys for their kids or buy all these different types of foods that are not necessary and whatever the, the thing is. I'm talking about the the misappropriated spending that now all of a sudden we're having to take a look at and go, wow, you know, thank you that we were forced to look at this because we're able to cut out a lot of spending that uh, and a lot of waste. 
and do more meal prep, you know, more meal planning uh, of going, okay, here's some, you know, frozen things like buying meat in bulk and portioning it out and freezing it. We never did that before. Some people go, yeah, we've always done that. I, I just, I didn't. I took it for granted. We stop at a grocery store on the way home, pick up something and cook it for dinner. That's fine. Now we can't do that. Well, we're also able to save a lot of money by buying things in bulk from, you know, a larger store, um, the, such as a Sam's or a Costco or, or that kind of thing. So that has been helpful, or even just at your regular grocery store, just a larger item rather than individually packaged or portioned, pre-portioned or pre-packaged stuff. Buy it and cook it, you know, cut it up, save it. Um, we've, we've had a lot less waste in the food department, which has been great. And our grocery bills, our overall food bills have gone down, you know, so that has been, that has been a, a good thing. Uh, another dichotomy there, difficulty and also a benefit. And one of the equally large ones for us and most homes around the country who have children is school. Uh, although, you know, the, the, there have been some people that have been able to take a vacation or spend some more time with their kids at home. And that kind of like, there's been good parts about that, uh, you know, when families are also working from home. But um, at the same time, I would venture to say that there's very few parents in the, in the country and, and likely the world now who don't now appreciate their teachers and their school systems and administrators way more than they ever have. Not only because of the time that they spend with their kids, but because of the time that they then get as a result of, of children being at school and, and certainly having to then teach these lessons to them and be able to help answer their questions and get them through assignments and all that kind of stuff. So we now appreciate schools and teachers so much more. And if school, you know, there's been talk of school not going back in in the fall, and that is ridiculous. Honestly, that is absolutely ridiculous. If school doesn't go back in, there is some other agenda behind that. I'm 100% convinced of that. There is, there's no need to continue to do that. Uh, months from now for kids not to go back into school. So thank God for teachers and administrators and school systems and very happy that our property taxes are, are going to support them. I am, I am very, very, very thankful for that. So I, I did a, a short video. I'm going to transition a little bit. I did a short video the other day, um, you know, on, on this topic in a, a blog post a little over a month ago, and it was about how are you going to reemerge? How are you going to emerge from this lockdown, from this pandemic, this situation, this troubled time, this, this issue that we're all having to deal with right now. And I will say that I have had, for example, uh, a, a huge opportunity in terms of being able to come up with an idea as part of a business plan that I may not have had if I didn't have the pressures surrounding this and also the late nights worrying about what's going to happen in the future. And it has, it led me to being able to go, wow, 
this is this is something I've been looking for. So not to tease that too much, but that will come out in the future. So this this situation has helped that to to come to fruition. And how many other things out there that yes, on one side was terrible, but yet on the other side was a revelation. And if nothing else, how we're going to spend our time, how we're going to spend our money, who we're going to spend it with, what we're going to do in like in general, what are our plans? Where do we want to go? What do we want to experience all this? We've, we've been forced to look at this and hopefully come tomorrow. If it's not already there or next week or next month, or whenever things start to return to some level of normalcy where you are, you will have an idea of how you will reemerge from this and hopefully be thankful for this very difficult time in our lives that forced us to re-examine how we were living and not come out bitter. I know I sound bitter at times. I'm actually, I'm actually not. I'm, fr- I'm frustrated at times, of course, but I'm, I'm not bitter. I've been through way worse. I've been through way worse personally. And I know that I will be thankful for this because I will appreciate all the positive things in my life much more. And hopefully you will too. If you found some other things in here that, that you that weren't covered or that we didn't talk about or anything like that, I'd, I'd love for you to share it, you know, comment on it. Um, hit me up on lucascatton.com. You can, um, send me an email through the site as well. Uh, and I'd love to hear some feedback. I look forward to doing some more podcasts uh, under the new theme again of finding your way because I, I think that's what we're all doing and certainly what I'm doing. And maybe never has that been more appropriate on a broad scale than right now. We're all trying to find our way. We're trying to find our way out of this and we're trying to find our way in a new life that we're going to live post COVID-19. Thank you again. I hope you're safe. I hope you're well. And hope to talk to you again soon. I'm traveling on Man, these roads are long The sky always blue I'm still doing work to just to get back home